Welcome to Pleb Shade Radio, a live show brought to you by Plebs for Plebs, which focuses on the intersection of Nostra and Bitcoin protocols. Join QW and Avi as they run down the weekly news and developments, breaking down the current thing and the future frontier with the foundation of decentralization, the builders, thinkers, doers, and plebs. All right, we are live. Welcome, gentle plebs, to another episode, episode number 13 of Pleb Chain Radio. And we have an exciting show ahead of us. We'll talk a little bit uh, about Zapathon and things to look forward to next week at Prague. We'll, of course, have the lightning round led by Condalorian in the audience. And then, uh, QW, this is a, we are a small show with big guests, right? And to highlight that, we're going to have Guy Swan on as our guest this week. And we're looking forward to getting into that conversation. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about Guy, especially. I mean, I I followed a lot of his work over the years, but um, uh, it, it, most recently, uh, I've been really impressed with uh, the way he's approached this ordinal thing, and we'll we'll talk about that. Um, show number thirteen. Thirteen's my lucky number. Uh, thirteen uh, Zapathon number thirteen was the first time we brought down Wallet of Satoshi. That was when they they got shut down big time. Uh, that was when they actually had, I believe, it was about thirty minute downtime. Uh, so we we destroyed them that time, uh, but number thirteen that's uh, black thirteen is what I bet on. That's uh, that's my birth date. Uh, that's that's everything. So awesome stuff there. Um, Zapathon in general, uh, the primal added zaps. That was something that happened today. They didn't. They did a little zapertizing too. Um, it, it seems like Blockstream starting to set the set the bar. Uh, now we're starting to see other uh, 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 even clients or uh, companies. Uh, start to maybe that might actually gain some traction. Wallet of Satoshi added one tap zap. I'm not sure anything about that. Um, maybe Corn can shed some light on that, but I know it's new, so I I haven't actually got into that. I'm not even sure if that's uh, part of the uh, part of an update or or something that's in the uh, in the uh, uh, test flight at this point. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed it's part of the test flight. Uh, because I don't see, I, I don't have the test flight app, and it's not on the regular App Store one. Yeah, and one thing I noted, uh, and I think everybody's kind of noticed this, uh, Zapathon's turned into kind of a meme factory. Uh, I've, I see a lot of, even like a couple, uh, you know, days ahead, they say, "Oh, I got some good uh, memes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop them at Zapathon." So it's 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 turned into a, a pretty much thirty minutes of. Uh, excitement uh 30 minutes of engagement uh, i don't know if i haven't you know seen the, the the stats on that but i obviously this is the most zaps but is it the most engagement uh that we get in the uh in, in the network as well uh again still stressing everything the clients the the Noster build the, the 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 wallets um everything is being pushed to the limit at during zapathon which is which is great to see um, so QW, am I doing it wrong then? I'm zapping people during the zapathon. <laughs> I should be making memes instead. Yeah, I mean, I posted. I, I honestly, like, I, I think about a month and a half ago, I posted. Uh, if you're just putting <laughs> memes for thirty minutes, uh, you're doing it wrong. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I mean, that's all content. It's fun. It's, it's. I think rule number one is zapathon, and I've always said is just have fun. So if that's what's exciting, then then you know. But for me, you know, I I like to zap. I like to get that zap dot uh, 
Zap Life, um, Pablo's product. He's down there. I see him. Uh, uh, Pablo's uh, uh, ZapLife.lol. I like to see the stats afterwards. And once again, um, you know, there's always legends showing up week over week. So I'd like to I'd like to think people would start focusing on that a little bit and and maybe trying to get up in those leaderboards because it's fun. Um, it's all part of the game. It's all part of uh, Zapathon and, uh, and 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 let's break some wallets. You know. Let's do it indeed. So QW, looking ahead to the week in Prague, and I'm going to be there starting sometime on Monday, uh, Prague promises to have Bitcoin Prague, right? This is BTC Prague conference. Mm -hmm. It's uh, officially begins on Thursday and goes uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. There is a dev hack day uh, that that's happening on Wednesday. Um, but it promises to have more Nostra programming than Bitcoin Miami. There's the there's going to be a keynote by Ray Yusuf talking about Civkit, the Nostra marketplace. Will is going to be presenting at Dev Hack Day. The folks at Plebster are uh, going to be speaking as well during the conference. And I don't know if the official announcement has come out yet, but Carla and Walker are going to be doing a panel on zapatizing. So already we have quite a bit of that, um, quite a bit of Nostra programming in Prague. Yeah, and when they first announced Prague, um, and when you looked at the programming, it, it, it was almost like they didn't have a lot of Nostra influence. But, uh, you know, it, with the adoption of Nostra and how how much it's, it's, it's coming out of nowhere, um, I feel like maybe they've been adding that. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's organically happened. Uh, I happened to chat with... Um, some of the folks involved in organizing it. And they said, yeah, look, I, we feel bad that we didn't plan ahead to include more Nostra content. We just didn't, you know, we could have predicted this. But as it turns out, uh, it's the, some of these uh, keynotes and other panels are organically popping up um, opportunistically. So it's it's working out well. And and outside of the conference uh, in the, on the satellite event front, KW, I just want to say, I'm organizing uh, what's what I'm calling a Bohemian Nostrich meetup on the Wednesday. That's June 7th. That The venue's capacity is 150. It's a hard limit, unfortunately, and that's sold out. So I'm I'm pretty amazed by that. There have actually been people who are, who've been emailing me on the side saying, hey, can I get a ticket? And unfortunately, the venue's put a hard cap on it. Are so you something to look forward to. Are you even allowed in? I mean, if you're going to be the one uh, pulling tickets in the front and they meet meet max capacity, uh, are they going to let you in? <laughs> I, that's a good question. I haven't even. Uh, I don't think I have a ticket for that. <laughs> I, I might. I have to look. Yeah. Yeah. No. That that's great. So you're you're going on Monday. Um, so you you're just going a few days before to what get acclimated, uh, time zone and everything. Yeah, and I've never been to Prague, so I'll take a couple of days to just walk around, soak in the town, and uh, get try and get over my jet lag. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so what else do we got? So ordinals, that's something that uh, we've kind of been monitoring the BRC20. It doesn't look like it's done anything. Are they dead now? Um, what's, what's the deal with them? But it, it does appear that the quantity of them just keeps going up. 24,677 was the last time I checked. Um, so it, it, it doesn't appear that it's, uh, it, it, it just kind of looks like a, a deflating balloon at this point. It looks like the mempool's cleared up uh, to 
to where we could do a, a, a lot, you know, not not totally clear, not one sap per V byte, but it's something where, you know, I, I feel comfortable moving some uh, some 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 video around. Um, but it, it just uh, well, there was one news coming out this week that uh, and it was almost like a little rumor that one address was doing uh, all the transactions. But um, it, it, it followed up after that. Well, that was just fake news. It sounds like that one address was actually Uniswap in the way they uh, they they transfer the tokens. Um, but I thought mm-hmm. that was int- that was the only thing I really heard out of Ordinals this week. Um, you know, it seems like the uh, the Ordinal crowd is is starting to die off. But you know, I'm not really I, on that part of Twitter either. I wouldn't celebrate uh, too soon, KW. <laughs> Shit, Connery has no bottom because Bitcoin has no top. This will continue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and on that note, I I really think banking bad's going to be brewing another one too. So it's something that uh, you know we're watching. It, it seems like a lot of these things come in waves, uh, but we'll see how everything pans out. Um, yeah. So and then June, uh, I know you and I have been talking, obviously, uh, but we got some fun stuff coming ahead in uh, Club Chain Radio. Uh, we're going to kind of move our. Uh, we're we're still doing it from the nest, but we're going to actually be trying doing our best to posting on uh, a, a fountain app now. So it's something where you know, hopefully, if you if you miss the show, you can stack some sats and uh, and listen while at, at your uh, at when any time you can, you know. Yeah, and this is something we we talked about when we first launched the show, KW, which is let's give this about ten episodes or, or so to see how whether we like it whether people are actually showing up, if it's just a you know a couple of folks and a dog showing up to listen, <laughs> it's probably not worth continuing past the 10th show. Uh, turns out we've had a fairly strong turnout all along. And so here we are, 13th show. Uh, we're going to be making some changes, right? Taking it to Fountain and maybe some of the other podcasting platforms. We didn't want to rush that um, right off the bat. Uh, maybe add a little bit of uh, editing uh, and production yeah. uh, to our, uh, well, we won't cut anything out, but just polish the beginning and the end, perhaps. So watch out for that. All of that's landing in June. Yeah, yeah, and and our whole thing is just show up every week, uh, get better, build, build, build uh, where we can. Um, so it's it's been a fun ride, and I'm looking forward to the uh, the future. And I, I can't believe some of the guests we've had. I mean, the shows have been great. So I've I've really been uh, it's been fun to be a part of. It certainly has. Um, I think, and the the guests have really made it right. I don't think people show up to listen to us chit chat about about these <laughs> inane things. It's uh, the guests certainly make the show. Uh, QW, there's actually one point. Uh, just if I could jump back to Prague uh, real quick, uh, there is one fun event on the Ordinals um, subject. We are planning venue TBD uh, to have an Ordinal bonfire. Uh, it's uh, we're, we're going to trying to find an outdoor location, have a giant bonfire, and then symbolically uh, burn some monkey JPEGs to cleanse the time chain. Uh, uh, Giacomo, Zuko, Rockstar, and some others are uh, enthusiastic about it. The optics are going to be atrocious on Twitter, right? It's it, yeah, but yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> the cult burning, the cult, the cult's at it again, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm all well, for it. Isn't there a segment that's like ordinals are retarded or something like that? Uh, is, is that yeah. part of the Prague? It is. It's a keynote by Giacomo. Ah, uh, uh, so so he's the one involved in the ordinal bonfire then. I egged him on, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't help ourselves. That that's great. That's uh, quite the uh, contrast to Bitcoin Miami. Certainly is. <laughs> 
All right. right. Yeah, let's hear some uh, news, huh? Let's let's get uh, corn up here for the lightning round. Test, test. You sound great, man. Sounds good. Is that better? Way better. Yep. Yeah, I figured out the problem. Uh, There was a (laughs) pop. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm figuring it out here. Well, happy Friday, guys. Happy Friday, plebs listening. And uh, let's talk about some news. So I was laughing as you were talking about the the BRC20 because uh, I did see a post this week. I haven't followed it too closely, but apparently there's now a BRC30. Have you heard about that? I have oh, not. Oh, dear God. Yeah. I mean, it but, sounds amazing, though. We got to be first in. Oh, oh it's awesome. BRC30. <laughs> The only thing I know about it is it allows you to stake your BRC20 tokens. So they're taking it to the next level. Just piles of shit everywhere. Just staking them. (laughs) It's like, it's like they took the whole, you know, shitcoin playbook for the last however many years and condensing it into a couple of months. It's, (laughs) it's kind of hilarious. Uh, Good luck. That's all I can say. Um, so a couple of huge things this week. Um, we've got, you're talking about BTC, BTC prog coming up. Um, we are excited at Nostra report that we're going to be able to send Marseille to BTC Prague. She's going to be on the ground, um, providing interviews and coverage, reporting back uh, to Nostra, everything that's going on. Um, we were fortunate and able to get an actual press pass. Um, we're not sure, but we think this is the first official Noster press pass. Um, and so she's actually going to have a dedicated space to uh, per- perform interviews. She's got several lined up already. Um, she's working on more. And so it, we're going to have some really good reporting coming out of, out of BTC Prague. And we're really excited about that. Uh, we want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has donated. Uh, we've had a fundraiser going on for the last couple of weeks. Um, we've made excellent, excellent progress because people are so generous and you guys are awesome. Um, we've at this point, we have gotten Marseille to Prague. Um, we have her at least getting back to the US and <laughs> we still need a little more help getting her home all the way. but but we're getting there. Um, huge shout out to the Albi team, Get Albi. Um, they offered to let Marseille stay with, with them in their, um, in their rental. And so that's a huge, huge help. And just another example of the generosity of um, the community on Oscar. It's awesome. So if you haven't, um, if you haven't donated and you're interested in donating, um, there's a link if you go to the Noster Report um, profile in your Nostra client, um, scroll down, you'll find a link. It's uh, it's called Geyser, G-E-Y-S-E-R, geyser.fund, and there's a link to that. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone for the support so far. We're excited to, to have some excellent coverage coming out of that. Um, Can I just say well, that how, how yeah. great that is that they have a dedicated space for her, uh, a dedicated space for Nostra Report or Nostra in general, uh, in the in the press area, 
Um, you know, I, I think, you know, you might schedule some of these, uh, some of these, uh, interviews, but I, I really feel people will be walking by too. And, uh, and maybe want to be a part of it. It's just, it's just great to see. It just shows the legitimacy uh, that Nost are starting to receive. Um, and I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, and she even had, uh, she'd let us know today that she's had at least, at least one person out of the blue contact her, um, found her contact info and knew she was going to be at the conference doing press coverage, contacted her looking for an interview so yeah just really exciting getting that kind of exposure and coverage for for Noster. um okay so for me the biggest news this week directly Noster related is the insect bunker and i don't know is pablo still down there pablo yeah i see you so pablo has created this incredible tool called the insect bunker he's still working on it um, he's excuse you <laughs> his helmet fell off <laughs> is gone in the insect bunker <laughs> I think I, I think just talking about it I think Pablo shut him down <laughs> test test my bad <laughs> go ahead go on you, you okay, fall off your chair that. there man <laughs> I think my microphone came unplugged or something. <laughs> no, so Pablo has created the insect bunker and he gave uh, Nostra Report um, early access to help test it out. And uh, we were playing around with it last night, just doing some testing. Um, and so I live in one part of the United States and Doc lives several, several hundred miles away from me. Um, and we were able last night to do some test posts, not from the Nostra report count, just from a testing account. Um, and just the magic of watching, or not watching, but him creating a post, hitting send on my screen, on the admin dashboard, I see the request come in, I read it, double check it, authorize it, and boom, it posts. And so from several hundred miles apart, Doc, not having the private key to this account, was able to create a post and post it. And so what this is going to do, what this is going to do for, for teams and shared management of Nostra accounts is just going to be huge. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't even know if the implications are completely clear to me yet, but... I just think it's going to be huge where you can delegate access to a private key without, you know, that person having to actually have the private key. Um, I was messaging with Pablo today and giving him my suggestions on some, some ways to allow finer tuning uh, of the controls. Um, and so, you know, he's much smarter than I am. I'm sure he'll figure out the best approach to that, but just the ability for a team to, to say, you know, you can do this or you can do that and you don't need the private key to do it. We'll still be able to control that aspect of it. It's just going to be huge. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> yeah, I'm still digesting the ramifications myself. Go on. And I don't think I understand them fully. Uh, I mean, shared 
access uh, for teams delegation that um i mean that seems obvious just based on the example you gave but I, i'm just i can only imagine there are several possibilities well beyond that yeah absolutely um hodlebot so hodlebot creates the coracle client he he shared a, a very insightful and creative post on his idea of using insect bunker um as a way to implement private chat groups and and so if you go to his profile and look for that it's it's pretty interesting um i think in one of the replies he said it might be a terrible idea <laughs> but just the you know the implications where this could go um are pretty incredible uh, sorry my kids are distracting me in the background yeah, we'll have to see where it goes. I mean, it's it's a it's a big idea. Uh, Pablo's full of big ideas, um, so it's it's uh, unexplored t territory, you know. So far, it's been uh, so. There's a custom Coracle client that he um, give, he has connected to the Insect Bunker um, tool, and then I believe he's integrating support into Highlighter. And so hopefully that will inspire other clients to integrate support because um, it's really going to be a powerful feature. Uh, moving on, we have in the fiat world, the United States running up on its uh, debt limit and has narrowly passed measures to avoid crisis sarcasm <laughs> it's like every week we narrowly avoid crisis it's hilarious <laughs> yeah so apparently tonight in about 10 minutes president biden is supposed to be signing the bill and giving an oval office address but the fact that you're here shows that your priorities are in the right place and as they say stay humble and stack sats we're gonna do a head count in 10 minutes <laughs> colin the the real crisis was the politicians not being able to spend uh with abandon right on their favorite programs so they had to so it wasn't that the debt limit was a crisis it's, the crisis was they wouldn't be able to spend unless they raised the this artificial limit yeah well at least they you know gave themselves Quite a bit of wiggle room until after the election that's all that's what it's about man yeah, can't interfere with the election that's for sure <laughs> sarcasm all right other news we had a article come out in forbes a few days ago by michael del castillo called who is fiat jack who is Fiat Jaff? The reclusive Bitcoin developer opens up about the early days of Noster, the social network protocol he built to set himself and others free of Twitter. And if you if you didn't read that article, I encourage you to look it up. Um, Forbes.com, um, just a really well written article. I don't I don't always like a lot of stuff that comes out of uh, mainstream media, but I thought this was written pretty well, and gives a lot of good insight into the background of Noster and, and kind of Fiat Jeff's uh, early days developing 
Did you guys read that? I thought it was one of the best, if not the best, or at least, well, actually, let's hold off on the superlatives. One of the most credibly neutral articles I've read about Bitcoin or Nostra from the mainstream media. That said, Michael Da Castillo is uh, I, I, sort of, he's a friendly of the space in some sense, but all, all said and done, I thought it was a very well-written article and it maintained credible neutrality, which is, which is all you could hope for from a media outlet. Yeah, no, it was good. I, I do encourage anyone to read that. Um, so I think we're coming up on time. Let me just cover a couple other real quick things. Um, zaps, zaps are huge on Noster, obviously. And we've had quite a few um, developments in zaps this week. Albi has released uh, webhooks, which uh, allows services to be instantly notified of users incoming and outgoing payments. And so this has enabled mechanisms such as Zap Splitter, which I have yet to play around with. I was trying to, but didn't quite figure it out yet. But Zap Splitter, it's an implementation of the opening prism, prism concept where you can enter multiple addresses and split incoming payments to multiple people. Uh, Zaps are live now on Primal.net. So Primal is a web client um, that is gaining popularity and they are quickly implementing new features. They've just today launched Zaps. Uh, we have Wallet of Satoshi, which has launched. It's not Nostr Wallet Connect, but it is one tap Zaps in the sense that you set a threshold and then you don't need to authorize anything under that threshold. So um, able, a way of speeding up your Zaps, I guess. And then we had another mobile client, Noster, or N-O-S-T-U-R, Noster, Noster, is now live in the Apple App Store. So that's great to have more options. And finally, I'll go to my quote of the week um, with our news about the, the quote-unquote debt ceiling. Um, this comes from uh, Hodlanot. He says, tax the numerator, inflate the denominator every year. This is how your four-fifth turn into one-eighth. And this is why we Bitcoin, you know? We're, we're changing our denominator and taking it out of the hands of central authority. So that's, uh, that's all I got. Awesome stuff, man. Thank you, Con. I think it's time, QW. Yes, it is. Um, looking for him down there. I see him. Guy Swan, welcome to Plepchain Radio. What up, boss? How you doing? There we go. Loud and clear. How's it going, man? How you feeling, by the way? I heard you uh, you were a little sick after BTC Miami. Yeah, yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough couple of days there. It's like the third time I've gotten sick at the Bitcoin conference. It's like my yearly get sick. Apparently, is I go and I just hug like. Yeah. way to me just germs just rubbing up against people <laughs> for a yeah. week are, are you and going to go home and i'm like i'm just I, I need so badly to get work done and i'm and i'm sick it like knocks me out for three days are, are you going to Prague? i'm not i'm oh. not i really wanted to i was gonna say watch out avi he's coming for hugs watch out man <laughs> <laughs> well i think i got one in at, at miami 
uh, and and in, in the process invited him on the show. So yeah. I think it worked out. Was that before or after the IV you got that night, uh, that morning, Avi? That was before. <laughs> you did it. You did. It. I picked up something dirty from you. I know it. <laughs> so, guy, uh, presumably the reason you're not able to make it to Prague is your recent father. Is that right? Oh, my mic wasn't coming back. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, it feels like it was a month or two ago, but he just turned a year old. Wow. Um, like at the end of May. So yeah, I'm sitting running on, around this house like crazy. Sitting on four months myself and Doc with four the months. Nostra, Nostra nice. report, same, uh, same time zone. My kid actually weighed in. Uh, he's four months, but he, he's the size of a one-year-old. They told me yesterday, so I know I know the feeling of uh, of carrying a one-year-old around. <laughs> That's hilarious. We had the opposite. Brad, Rad was real small for a while. <laughs> so, um, tell us about your big Bitcoin backstory. I don't think I've ever heard yours. Um, you know what what got you into it? Um, you know when did you first uh, break the mold, so to say? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, so backstory. Um, so I was living with my brother at the time we were pretty broke and just kind of trying to figure out, I was doing a media business, um, and kind of moving my way into tech. Um, uh, just because, uh, I had after college, I'd gone out to LA and worked in the, worked in film for a short while, just bitch work in a production, Scott Rubin productions. And, uh, it just seemed like there was no real path to like making the films and the media and the stuff that I really wanted to do. I was just going to be somebody else's bitch for a long time. And so I came back home and started like a little media business. And my brother and I were just kind of trying to figure stuff out. I'm not sure if you know my brother, Agarif you or Jeff, Jeff Swan. Um, but uh, uh, he was taking economics at the time at uh, in college and he would come home and basically just be confused. <laughs> like what they were teaching him just didn't make sense. And so we, it was kind of like a game for us that after you come back, you'd be like, all right, they taught me this shit. And last week they said this, and both of these things can't be fucking true. Like one of these has, like one of these literally means the opposite of the one that they just taught us because there's a lot of conflicting shit between micro and macroeconomics. Um, and while I was kind of going down the tech route and uh, uh, the libertarian route at the same time, so I'm like getting into BitTorrent and I actually learned about the cypherpunks prior to Bitcoin. Um, this is all 2010, 2011 days. Um, and so I'm like going down this rabbit hole while we're also going down the economics rabbit hole and we find Austrian econ. Um, and then my other, like one most like longest love of my life is just technology, just being fascinated with all of this stuff. And the history of the internet protocols had just kind of fallen in my lap. So this all happened in like two or three years. And this was like kind of a trifecta of all the things that lead toward Bitcoin. Um, and, uh, uh randomly while he was debating about central banks, no less, on Facebook with some, uh, with who later became a friend, um, uh, they messaged my brother and he was like, you'd probably be really interested in this thing called Bitcoin. And he immediately 
was just like, holy shit. And he sent it to me. Um, and we were just aggressively down the rabbit hole that night. This was like early 2011. Um, and we literally stayed up all night. Like we read the white paper. I mean, I basically dove into any possible thing that I could get my hands on because this was, this was Austrian economics written into code. This was, this was a libertarian money that basically destroyed the central banks. The thing that we had been arguing about earlier in the day. And uh, this was BitTorrent with a monetary protocol essentially like this was a peer-to-peer -peer network so it was literally everything that we had been fascinated about at the time and uh and then like i don't know we just i mean we just barely barreling down the rabbit hole uh and then like it was i looked and the sun was coming up like we'd just been sitting in the living room just going nuts about this thing um and i was like shit, i gotta get i gotta get up like the sun is up it's nine o'clock in the morning i gotta do i, I have work to do um, and so we like cut it off and then spent the next week trying to figure out how to get some, uh, and figure out how to run the software and all this stuff. And I think all the command line, I mean, all the tools were command line at the time. There was like a, I want to say multi-bit, no, multi-bit was later. I don't know. There were, there were a couple of wallets and then there was the reference client. There's Bitcoin, uh, core. Was it Bitcoin core at the time? I don't think it was. God damn, it's been a long time. I don't think it um, was till 2014. Yeah, I no, it was it was definitely later. It was um uh and but we couldn't but there, nothing existed for it. Like, like there weren't exchanges really um like when we were trying to move money it was an absolute shit fest. Like we had to move there were like two services. I'm pretty sure it was Mt. Gox was the was actually there at the time. And I remember we were looking at the, the price and it was in the middle of a bubble. It was in the middle of one of the really, really crazy early bubbles that you can't find on the charts anymore because all the exchanges are dead from that time. Um, but uh, I really wish you could find good historical data on this, but I don't know if anybody ever figures that out. Let me know. Um, but uh, it, was, it was on a run up. It had just taken a crazy, crazy run from like a hundredth or a thousandth of a penny or something to a dollar. And then it took this brief bear market down to like a couple of pennies and then started another run. And it was somewhere around that time that we heard about it. And it was like, you know, $2, $3 or something, but it was just barreling. Um, I mean, like 100% in a day. And I remember we were thinking like, this was, this was a huge idea. This was going to be, you know, this was going to change the world in the next day. It was like twice the price. And we were like, oh shit. Oh shit. This is happening now. Hyper Bitcoinization is like this week. We have to get in. Like there's this horrible, horrible FOMO, like complete and total idiots. And what was funny is that we had like no money to our name. We, we actually had a joint savings account that was just uh, some money that my grandmother had given us. And we had been, uh, one of the other things that we've been doing is uh, learning about stock market and investing and stuff for a number of years before we'd actually gotten involved um, and uh, or like actually started putting money into stuff. Um, and uh, so we were like, okay, this is gonna be our investment. We're investors now. And, you know, and Bitcoin is going to be our first investment. And we were so excited and so proud of ourselves. 
and we're doing the shadiest possible shit you could you i mean like imagine that you go and you get like your steak from some dude standing next to a dumpster behind a mcdonald's like this is the the internet equivalent of what it felt like trying to buy on buy bitcoin at this time i literally had to go this is this always stood out to me and this has stuck with me the whole time is that the, one of the services that i had to, to deposit money into because it was kind of like a three-step process there were literally three services to move money to get to this shady exchange and in order to deposit the money i literally had to take cash to the bank of the guy who owned this service and and physically deposit the cash into his bank account now the way that he would know that it was your account that it was one specific person's account is that you had to put in exact change so like if i was depositing a hundred dollars i would i would literally go with a hundred dollars uh it would he would give me a hundred dollars and 17 cents and then i would go and i would deposit a hundred dollars with a, a dime, a nickel, and two pennies. Like I would exactly do $100.17, and that 17 cent would be the thing that indicated that it was my account that had to be credited with the money. And then, uh, and so I deposit, and then like, it's just, it's just gone for like a day or two. And you know, the Bitcoin price is skyrocketing. And I'm just like, oh my God, we're gonna miss it. And then finally it shows up like two days later in in this account and i'm like sending support you stole my money you bitch and uh and then we transferred it to another account and uh, or to no, another service from there and that disappeared for like two or three days and bitcoin is skyrocketing and i'm sending a bunch of support emails and then it disappears for another two days before it lands in the exchange like every single time it took two days and it just disappeared from everywhere like it just was no there was no like pending transactions is nothing it was just like I, I took your money bitch and it, this again you're behind a dumpster in the mcdonald's of the internet and it just feels like you're getting scammed so hard but lo and behold it actually made it all the way to the exchange but the price had been ripping during this entire time so we first found it when it was like four or five bucks or something like that and then by the time the money landed in the exchange, it was like $30. And like, it was just nothing but fat green candles this whole time. And you know, when you think about it, like that seems like not that much difference when we're talking about $30,000, but imagine it went from $1,000 uh, or you know $10,000 to $300,000 in like two weeks time. Like that's kind of, that's what we're talking about. And, and so we we finally got all the money in and we just it, we just FOMO'd. So I mean we just big fat buy everything. And it was basically at the absolute tip top. Like just the absolute peak. And it proceeded to blood. Just fall, 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 like every single day for months. It's like three months of just horror and you know we had gotten all pumped up we're investors now and we got our joint set we're gonna make we're gonna make you know grandma proud and and we just lost everything and i remember it was uh uh i remember because we had we had a thousand dollars in the joint account 
and um and again we're we're broke we we don't have you know we're kind of squeezing by for month to month i'm doing like a random video and like local commercial jobs and uh my brother's still in college um and uh uh that same month i ever when it got to basically its lowest point and i was just like oh god what the hell have i done um i remember i did the math on it one day and the thousand dollars that we had put in was worth like 73 bucks and that same month they cut our water off <laughs> because our bill bounced <laughs> and i remember sprinting out i remember calling up my mom I was like mom i'm gonna borrow a couple of bucks we're gonna get my water back on and i was like running out to the yard I was like dude don't cut my fucking water off <laughs> and uh and there goes any possible savings we had to dig our way out of that um and i i went and i threw up i was just like what a fucking idiot what the hell have i done i just lost all like all of our money all of it just just poof and i decided that i had got into something that i couldn't even explain you know there's no way you can dig into bitcoin for two weeks and have any idea what the fuck you're talking about right like i couldn't i couldn't tell somebody how this thing worked i completely bought into a an idea and i realized that i just had no no clue what the fuck i just bought and so i decided that i at least wasn't going to sell i wasn't going to get out without knowing why you know, without knowing that I did something really dumb and being able to explain why it was a dumb decision, why this thing was not going to work. And so basically, I just went from there reading everything I could possibly get my hands on. Um, and there wasn't much content. Uh, it wasn't even for like a year or two before like podcasts really started showing up. Um, but there were some papers. Um, I remember Dan Kaminsky had a really good piece that cemented a lot of the things that i had been reading about and thinking up to that point that was still like two years later a year and a half later something like that um but I, I i scrambled to find anything that i could get my hands on to make sense of what the hell this was and then you know how, how many how many years later 12 years later i uh i still i'm still reading <laughs> and yeah. i haven't figured out how to kill it yet <laughs> That's literally the beginning of Bitcoin Audible is uh, getting dumped on. Uh, Basically. And, then, <laughs> and trying to figure out how to explain what the hell just happened. Uh, that's <laughs> that's an amazing origin story. Uh, and when did Bitcoin, it was a uh, trip, man. Bitcoin Audible begin? Yeah, so I tried to start a podcast two or three times during the 2015-16 era, during that bear market. Um, uh, and that was actually like, we bought like a computer from a friend who during the, cause the 2013, uh, bubble and then subsequent crash in 2014 was devastating. Like people today, I think have no idea what a bear market really is. Um, because everybody was convinced like 90% of the liquidity went offline. Like, like just the whole market just was eviscerated with Malgox. Um, like FTX is nothing in comparison to the percentage collapse that happened then. And, and I don't mean 
in price. I mean, it, obviously it was the biggest dip in price as well, but um, the percentage of shit that you thought was part of Bitcoin, like the ecosystem, the economy, just vanishing, just like up and gone. It was like the world just had a nuke dropped on it. Um, like now, like Swan Bitcoin didn't even know there was a crash, you, you know, like, like, like there's so many, I mean, none of the services I used even batted an eye at all the shit that happened. Um, and, uh, uh, but during the, these days, there was like a ghost of a fraction of a corner of a thing that stayed around. And we bought a computer from a friend who was getting rid of a bunch of GPUs and stuff. And he was like, man, I don't know. It was a crazy run. Bitcoin was a cool thing, but I think it's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh we were like nah dude nah nah this thing this thing's not even close to dead and it's probably the the grace of having been through that before already you know, there's a yeah. lot of people's first bear market right um but i at least knew what the hell that felt like um and uh so i tried to start a podcast then and there were very few like plan b was a great podcast back in the day uh they ran for about a year and a half um, they were literally on like two or three podcasts. Um, and my brother and I actually recorded like five or six lost episodes of like a couple shows. Um, and, uh, just never published them anywhere. Uh, and then 2017 happened, um, while I continued to procrastinate and play League of legends and not really get anywhere. Um, and 2017 was just it was like the break into the real world. It was like the door opened and everybody realized that Bitcoin existed. And it went from like, people looked at me like a, like a poor dog, like a three-legged dog every time I brought up Bitcoin to like, oh, Bitcoin is a real thing. You know, for a long time, every time I mentioned Bitcoin in any conversation, I felt like I was selling people Amway. Like it just like, that was the look you got and you were, you were an idiot buying magic internet points you poor child um and uh 2017 was when that changed um and in a big way like people don't without, without that comparison i don't think you realize how much bitcoin has like eviscerated the mind share against it um in the, like the last six or seven years um and uh uh then the crash happened and so it's like late 2017 or early 2018 and i i just realized i just looked back at what i've been doing for the last three years and you know 2015 tried to start a podcast and i was like i just let this whole fucking thing go by like i, I just let an entire hype cycle go by and i didn't fucking do anything but spectate like i was not a part of anything i didn't i didn't start a podcast i posted on reddit you know um and I was so pissed at myself because I watched so many podcasts just explode because there was such a small environment for them. You know, it's like being like, it's like, imagine you could have been one of the first thousand people on Twitter and it's like you have 50,000, 100,000 followers, million followers by default because you're just one of the first few people on Twitter. It's like, if I wanted to actually be useful in the space, I could have done it way earlier. And uh in 2018 i was just so mad at myself and i was working as an internet technician and one day i uh really kind of the thing that kicked me over the edge is i had i had to stop playing league of legends like that's that fucking video game was eating my life um and uh 
uh, and I just came home from work one day after after shunning League of Legends um, after a horrible night of just like nothing but losses. And I didn't do anything. I didn't eat anything. I came home. I played League of Legends for like six hours, seven hours until midnight. And I was like, what the fuck? I wanted to do something useful tonight. I was still wearing, wearing my work clothes and I just uninstalled it. Um, and uh, then I was thinking it was like the next day, two days, a couple days later. Um, I uh, It was an idea that I'd had for a podcast that I could do because um, I you know, I wanted to get back into media. That was always my thing. Um, and uh, one of the ideas was that I there weren't that many podcasts. There still wasn't great content, but there was tons of great written shit. Like there was stuff written all over the place, but uh, all I could do while I'm as an internet internet technician, I'm running around in a van, you know, fixing people's stuff and running lines and all that st- stuff for eight hours, nine hours a day, and I didn't have anything. I couldn't read while I'm driving around. I can't read while I'm working on stuff, but I would consume audiobooks like crazy. I would kill audiobooks and podcasts like nobody's business. Um. But there just wasn't, I wanted someone to, to read the fucking articles to me uh, so that I could consume them all. Because I had just had a list that I just couldn't get through. Um, and uh, and then like one day I, I was, I don't know, I guess I, I sat on that idea for like a couple of years. Um, and then when I was mad at myself that day I, that I had never started a podcast, um, and I was always trying to orchestrate or organize with Jeff to do it with him and then i was just like i was just fucking mad and i was mad about league of legends and wasting all my time and i just came home and i was like all right fuck it i'm just gonna read i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read a fucking article um and uh it was a stupid article too it was a terrible first episode it was uh about weiss crypto ratings um and uh i read it into my iphone uh sitting on my bed and then published it that night. I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to check this shit. I'm not going to edit. I'm just going to publish. And I got like 10 downloads. And I was like, all right, fuck. Somebody, somebody once wanted to read that article. Uh, and then I found another good one. And I did it the next day. And that was five years ago. And the rest is history then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the story, guy. Um, uh, it is it is amazing how when we look back and, and see the things that we were spending time on, and we could have you know could have done so many more constructive things. I mean, I I certainly can look back on a lot of things that I've wasted time on. So yeah, kudos to you for recognizing that. Yeah, for sure. Well, re- recognizing that so soon, right? <laughs> so so much sooner than a, a lot of us. Um, that's great. So then, so let maybe let's fast forward up the timeline, right? So you, 2018, you started this, and then we get to late 2022, or around that time. Is that when you found out about Nostar? How, how did you find out about Nostar? Uh, yeah, I guess it's probably December. I don't know. There was there was like a big push there, where there was like a big flood, like when you know it was like. Uh, 80,000, 90,000, it went to like 300,000 or 400,000, I feel like were the numbers. Um, and uh, I was just, I was all excited about it then because I had been like really going down the Keat and hole punch rabbit hole. Uh, like I've been getting really stoked about that because it was kind of the promise of what 
Noster, well, part of it was the promise of what Noster was able to provide. Um, and, uh, and I had been, I've always, always been interested in any like decentralized social, like I've tried all sorts of fucking storage. I mean, everything peer to peer since I found Bitcoin, BitTorrent, um, or everything distributed or federated, I've tried to play around with at some point. It's just always been a thing. Um, and, uh, uh, which I'm still actually super stoked about keep, um, and hole punch by the way, but I don't think it's going to do what Noster is doing. I actually think. I actually think these are going to work really well together. Um, and I hope to be a part of building some of those things uh, that make them work well together, but we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, I have some sort of flood, some some period of flood in December, I found it. And then I was just like, oh, fuck, this works. That's That's been the most, most exciting thing. I can't tell you how many times I've used one of these things or like Mastodon, there's like no global cohesion so to speak you know like there's no global feed it's hard to find people um like mastodon is so segregated and diaspora was kind of like that too um and noster just worked when i found it um and it had a global feed and i could search and find everybody um and you know i had like i don't know i'd connect like 10 12 relays or whatnot um but Noster and Keat are the two most exciting things in the realm of decentralized communication for me right now, because Keat works like gangbusters on desktop and Noster works all over the place. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I was so, stuck. So Guy, was what attracted you to Noster primarily the possibilities unleashed by the technology or, or the social aspect of it right the, just the connecting with plebs in a in a human way because I, you know for folks like qw corn and myself uh it was certainly i mean the the former the technology aspect of it certainly played a role but it was more the social and pleb aspect of it what was it for you um it's i think the social aspect was is definitely what keeps me here. Um, but what pulled me here was definitely the technology. It was definitely how it worked. Um, because, I mean, like I said, that's always been a pull for any of those things. If somebody's trying to, especially, especially with social media, is like all the censorship and the absurdity of the obvious, obvious, um, uh, shadow banning and everything that was happening through 2020 just made me realize how inevitable and probably how quick it was going to be that we desperately needed something like this. Um, much like we need an escape valve on fiat, we need an escape valve on uh, fiat social, um, on centralized social media. And so I was immediately on, as soon as I heard about Noster, like, and realized what it was, I think it like, popped across popped up in my feed like a number of times and i was just like what the hell is this why, why people spell shit like this this is a dumb name and so i ignored it for probably a couple of weeks um and uh but as soon as i knew what it was and why people were talking about it i was like oh boom i'm definitely checking this out um so that's that's what pulled me as typical for all the other things but you know you don't hang out at a place if you're not having fun and the noster is Noster is a great damn time. And it's so funny how much the 
quote unquote algorithm, the, the, how the information is given to you. I think there's two elements that in my mind make Noster a happier place is one, how the information is given to you or the fact that it is just flat given to you. It's not, it's not being controlled or manipulated. Um, and uh, particularly engagement algorithms are awful because they do not necessarily feedback on things that you like. They feedback on shit that drives you crazy and makes you stare at it or respond to it, which more often than not is somebody saying something really stupid or mean. Like those are the things that stress people out and get people to quote unquote engage. Um, so engagement algorithms are awful. I, my for you tab or uh, in Twitter is a nightmare. It's just it's just nothing but horrible videos and awful politics. I, ugh, it's disgusting. I I didn't even realize that that's where where the problem was. But I switched to my following tab and I, I don't even fucking I don't even like to go over there. Um, but there's still a big network and I'm trying to drag everybody to Noster. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, the other aspect I think is that you feel like you kind of own Noster, like that it's like part yours. So it matters what you do with it. Like when it's Twitter, like it's the most like socialized feeling ever. Like I go over there, it's like, I don't fucking own Twitter. I can't do it. I can't, I can't make a feature for this. I got like, this is, this is nothing to do with me. This is somebody else's shit. And they're telling me what I'm going to like, and they're shoving shit in my face and they're telling me what I can and can't say. Um, uh, so, and I, th I think that element of ownership is another thing that like really changes the atmosphere of Noster. And, and, and Noster very loosely, depending on uh, which romantic language uh, you're you're speaking in loosely translates to ours, or it can if you squint hard enough. So there's that. Well, that's interesting. Make it fit. I uh, like it. I like it. Uh, you know, guy. One of the things I that struck me, is, apart from the 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 pura vida and the pleb aspect of just being on Nostra, right? Just uh, the love and everything else was uh, this was truly an opportunity to re-architect the internet just with the simple idea of clients talking to relays. Um, and, and speaking of re-architecting the internet, uh, I, and I'm not able to place this episode, uh, Guy, which you did, and I suspect, this was at least over a year ago, I suspect it was the guy's take on Only the Strong Survive, but you made a very interesting point on uh, how you thought Bitcoin uh, was actually the base layer for, the, or could act as the base layer of the internet. If you reimagine the internet, it's not really Bitcoin that sits on top of the internet; it's the internet that sits on top of Bitcoin. And for the life of me, I can't find that segment again. I've, I can't bring myself <laughs> to listen to only the strong survive a second time, much as I love it, but. Um, do, do you do you remember this and could you talk Shit, a little bit about that i don't um i wouldn't no way i could tell you which uh episode it was um but it was when i was going down uh there were a couple of different technologies that had been released um probably three years ago four years ago that were making me kind of see it that way um partly because uh if the internet went down, Bitcoin really wouldn't. There's a lot on the internet it's dependent on, but 
it's still got a satellite network. Um, it does have radio relays, uh, you know, like MBK at this time was, um, like, like it's not that like the, it wouldn't take down 98% of the network, but there would still be nodes still talking and money could still move and you could still broadcast. Um, and that interested me because we were building infrastructure that moved around the internet and then how money works on the internet is before Bitcoin, that is, is that it doesn't actually exist on it, right? Like the, the money itself is actually just an authoritative unit. It only exists in a licensed computer that has the political authority to say it exists. So it's 100% authority based. There's otherwise it's literally just digital, completely meaningless digital points. But that's why it's obviously a closed network because it has no security. It's all you can do is whitelist a few banks and then their accounting equals the money. Like that's it. So you could like, you could even like, you know, punch in a bunch of numbers wrong and accidentally print a shit ton of money because their authority is just like their, their ability to account for all of the money is just what makes it exist or not. Um, which meant that necessarily you, the way money moved and the way it moved through intermediaries, you would never be able to electronically pay for infrastructure. Like you can't, you can, but you can't. Um, it's like, it's dependent on it. Um, God, how, how do I put this? I need a good analogy. Um, when the money is the packet itself, literally is the packet. Like if the bank goes offline, the money doesn't exist anymore, right? When a Bitcoin node goes offline, nothing changed. What, so when the money itself becomes the packet, you can literally attach the funding of the infrastructure to the communication medium. And now you can literally pay computers for jobs. And what you need is a payment network. What you need is a, a broad, uh, like, you know, million transactions per second payment network. So always what the problem had been with Bitcoin was to get volume, was to get the transaction volume to work. But in doing so, you would be able to fundamentally re-architect the internet simply through incentives first. So you could actually you could actually change the dynamic of the client-server relationship just because like advertising must be controlled by a central party. Again, you you fall back to the centralization of how the money moves, the fact that this is a permissioned money, which means that you cannot receive money permissionlessly. It's it's simply not possible. So no matter what you do, as far as funding, you're either getting funded through uh, a business enterprise, getting paid through the bank, or you're, you're using advertiser money. You're using some sort of centralized advertising infrastructure on top of it. And there's no way that you can compete with an advertising network manually. Like, like every, web, every, every website literally had to contact, like cold card a bunch of advertisers to get shit on their website. No, it's inevitably going to centralize because of the way the, the information moves and the way the money works. But when you can actually directly fund, um, again, this is, you know, you're looking at a 20 year timeline to understand like when all of these protocols will build out, but all you need is a base layer of digital money and you get there. It's just kind of a, 
a time thing of solving each individual problem, each step along the way. Noster is a huge part of that step process in creating identities that are keys and doing so in a trustless way where people can simply create their identity and it's not some central authority or some government database that's you know ask, getting you to scan your asshole and send in the blood of your firstborn to prove who you are and that you literally just have a key-based system where anybody can join anybody can participate but you have the selective ability to filter which keys that you speak with or interact with um, so there's like so many different pieces of the puzzle but when you do bitcoin falls below the internet like after after you after you get to this like bitcoin is going to be more important than internet infrastructure because bitcoin is going to be what makes inf internet infrastructure work it's the the architecture is going to change such that it can't work anymore without bitcoin and when that happens there will be more than there already is dedicated infrastructure for bitcoin i think we'll have multiple layers um probably low band tv i think will be taken over by bitcoin uh because low band tv just basically isn't used for anything anymore there's a whole lot of old wireless bands and uh, uh cable tv and old satellite bands that's actually that was actually something that i had wondered for a long time if we might see uh, again i used to be an internet cable technician so I, that was kind of a thing that i thought about a lot um and uh and that's exactly what uh, Blockstream Satellite is doing, actually. It's an old cable TV band that's just not being used anymore. So it's low bandwidth. And what they did is they, I can't remember how they did the, the satellite version two or something. Um, but but that, that's, that's because it's low band, you can't, you're not going to get high def video through it. Um, you never could. But it becomes extremely useful when you're just trying to move Bitcoin blocks because Bitcoin is, a, is very low band or it's, a, it's very... Yeah low data density to maintain the consensus which means you're going to be able to it, again it pushes across all firewalls it pushes across all borders um and i, I Guy, genuinely think we're seeing it oh yeah sorry here could i are you you just this is an in intriguing point right so i, I love this I, I was following very closely the uh, nvk and elaine uh elaine Gu, i think the uh they're trying to do it over ham radio yeah all elaine, of this you, you, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. So, so do we need to reduce the block size to 700 KB or 300 KB to make this happen? Uh, no. Um, and, and I don't think ham radio, um, will be that low bandwidth. I find it more likely that TV bandwidth gets picked up, um, uh, for alternative infrastructure like that. Um, but, uh, I mean, it would be, the interesting thing about the argument for lowering the block size is that it's an attempt at kind of quote unquote artificially creating the situation we just had with ordinals is just huge fee spikes that do what they do every time is make a huge push for second layer stuff and lightning development and it, it reignites the obviousness of oh shit we should have been putting money towards this and you know that's kind of the human nature right is you don't fix stuff until it breaks um very rarely does humanity learn a lesson because they saw it coming and understood its importance and then fixed it before it happened like that's that's not how we work it breaks 
it hurts, we cry, and then we fix it. Um, uh, that's kind of the story of humanity. And so in that same sense, uh, forcing high fees and in doing so getting a far more decentralized, the potential for a far more decentralized network. Um, well, arguably so, a slightly more, probably is more realistically. Um, uh, but uh, just because I don't think, I don't think two megabyte blocks or whatever, um, or two megabytes worth of data is really out of, out of crazy scope. Like like people who really, really want to run a node aren't super able to. Like, I don't really think that's stopping a lot of people. Um, so I don't think there would be, like if you cut the, the block size in half, I don't think you get twice as many nodes, right? Um, I think it's just because most people don't think it's important or don't understand or don't know why they should. Um, I think that's the bigger problem. Uh, but it would be nice, like there's this part of me, there's like the game theory guy and the, the um, epic decentralization and longest possible time frame says, okay, 700 kilobyte blocks or something less than a megabyte um, or much smaller blocks would actually potentially be good. Like I even have a little bit of place in my heart for Luke's 360 kilobytes or whatever it was, um, uh, because it would be great to see the cost of running a node decline every year, like, like substantially um, because of the uh, increase in computational power and stuff. But at the same time, uh, I don't think it's feasible. I think it's a waste of time to fight for it um, because there's so many more important things we can do. And if we literally just focus on getting, you know, these layer two systems or, you know, build Enigma, build ARC, build channel pools, build uh, payment, payment pools, get CTV and, uh, you know, integrate lightning into everything. I think we've got, I think we've got so many solutions to so many different things. And, you know, you build something, the only complex thing that's ever going to work is when you build something simple that works and then you build on top of it and you iterate and you layer. Um, and uh, by doing that, I think we can, I, I think we are, I think it's so obvious that we are solving all of these problems. We just got a lot of fucking, build, we just have a shit ton of work to do still. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think I don't think lowering the block size is a huge concern, and I think we can build really great around the internet infrastructure with Bitcoin um, that doesn't need you know three hundred kilobyte blocks or whatever. I, I think I think where we are is perfectly fine, and I'm I'm done with the fucking block size wars. Like just just let's be done with that shit. I don't want to go back. <laughs> that was a nightmare. <laughs> Well, and, that, and I think that's an important point as far as going layer two, I mean, keeping, and that's what drives me nuts about the ordinals is all layer one. I mean, they're, you know, like your, uh, your, 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 your podcast, uh, pooping in the park, um, you know, really it comes down to, and I think you pretty much nailed it as lesson on being, being a steward, a steward for, uh, uh, Bitcoin, you know, is it the right way to do it? Um, you know, and then you you went into Taproot Assets. Uh, is that a solution for BRC20? Is that where we can kind of give them their playground to go poop in? Um, you know, what what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, um, I think BRC20 tokens um, and that stuff, I, I don't think Taproot Assets is a solution to it in the sense that the people who want it for the fact that it sounds like it's different, it's like, oh, it's on Bitcoin. Um, and the people who don't understand whether or not the, the fact that that doesn't mean shit, that 
the the fact that you get like it has nothing to do with consensus there is nothing about brc20 token rules that bitcoin has the slightest fucking idea about or cares about and somebody can stamp absolute horseshit into that if your protocol is stupid or your nodes go offline or whatever and there's nothing you can do about it um like it is external to consensus completely and uh and i I heard, I haven't actually confirmed this, but I heard that it literally takes three transactions worth of data, like three transactions on Bitcoin to make one transaction on, on, a, on a BRC20 shitcoin. Like it's the dumbest, it's so stupid, it's so inefficient. And I, but one of the things that I said actually, and, and I, I don't even mean this in necessarily, I, like I do tend to be insulting when I talk about this, but I don't mean this specifically to be insulting is it is the dumbest possible use of signature space because it's so irrelevant to anything that's actually happening in the signature. Um, taproot assets is the quote unquote solution to it simply because anybody who's actually doing something interesting, like running a dollar stable coin or creating an alternative like debit network that just doesn't require visa servers. I mean, you could actually do a lot of shit with a, with a credit token. I mean, that's what it is. That's what they all are. They're just credit tokens, but fucking credit tokens are useful. Like, you know, like it's not, it's not as if like a stock is a form of credit, uh, a debit card transaction is a form of credit. Um, state all bank deposits are forms of credit. We're still going to have like tight credit instruments all over the fucking place. Um, uh, they won't be as prevalent and they won't be the base of the financial system. We'll actually have real fucking money to use for a change, but nonetheless, there will still be credit all over the place. Um, like that's how you build a, a you know, economic relationship with people. Um, and, uh, so in doing so taproot assets, if anything useful is being built, it'll be built on taproot assets because nobody is going to literally you're, you're, if, if it's just for you actually want the utility of a us dollar stable coin so that you can send it to dubai and then india and then russia and then back and you don't have to think about whether or not visa is going to let you do that um well then who the who the fuck is going to pay a 20 dollars fee when you can pay a 10 cent fee and that's basically the difference in data efficiency you're talking about in fact, it could be more because the, the the amount that you can pack into a taproot tree into the taproot assets transaction is unbounded. So you could, if you're, if you're just splitting a fee with everybody who's making transactions at the time, I mean, it could be, the fee could basically be for free. But if you're doing it on chain, you're literally paying for three Bitcoin transactions, no matter what the fee is. So whether or not the mempool is empty or the mempool has got 500 megabytes in it, um, that shit prices itself out so fast, like because it's just dumb. It's it's just and you know like like you said, it's a, it's bad stewardship of the chain, um, because it's putting a cost for absolutely no benefit that is external to the actual. And this is this is my problem also with the converse or with the point that like oh we don't want to censor things, and like I I do get the the idea of responding to this by saying certain transactions aren't allowed. Like I, I'm naturally like any, anything that even hints of censorship makes me, makes me want to punch somebody. Like, it's like, no, we're just not going to play that game. But that is not what this is to me. 
I, I don't think that's a reasonable argument for this in the same reason why Bitcoin has to censor the type of data. Like it's not like that's not censorship. That's how you engineer something. You know, we it's not you can't just stick a bunch of arbitrary. You can't fill a Bitcoin block with a movie file. And the only way that you can even hide pieces of it in there is because you give it a transaction hash. You give it an input and an output. You give it a signature. You have to trick it into thinking there's not a movie there because it only accepts transaction data. You can't just literally just stick an MP4. It's not a hard drive. It's not a cloud service. Um, they've and, done it, by the way. It's They've, they've put audio oh, clips sure. and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think I've. They did it back in the opportune days, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I feel like I remember listening to something. Um, but uh, like they can technically do it. But the point is, is that Bitcoin it must be formatted as transaction data because Bitcoin is a monetary network. You know, if <clears throat> imagine if uh, users who go to a streaming service or whatever were. You know, you have you send data to the streaming service. It's not much, but you send trends, settings updates and you send uh, account and profile information like you're sending data back and forth. Now, imagine if they didn't designate, they didn't filter what kind of data it was. And, and just like, you know, blocks of setting up settings updates, you like started storing movies and images on the Netflix server. Like it would defeat the purpose of Netflix. Like Netflix is about watching movies. Bitcoin is a network with extreme data constraints, mind you, for creating a monetary consensus, which is the literally the most important utility of an economy. Because only if you have the fundamental rules does an economy actually exist. Like it, it's like it's like defining the words that you're using. A, a language and communication can't happen until we agree upon the definition. A market can't happen until we agree upon the money. That's why such chaos happens when money dies and such chaos happens when something is being monetized and why it takes so fucking long because it's fundamental to the concept of the market in the first place. Um, you have to have it look, society literally doesn't scale past Dunbar's number. It just doesn't, that's why everything was tribes before because if you, if, if it wasn't, it wasn't your family and it didn't have insanely strong cultural or religious ties it didn't scale past a couple of hundred people that you were just, you just went to war with another tribe um, because you got to a point where you couldn't know or trust everyone in it because you just, it's just too many fucking people. Um, and money is what bridged that gap is what made it so that we could actually do business with each other, whether we know each other, whether we have the same culture, whether we have the same money, I mean, of the, um, uh, of the same religion, um, believe the same things, know who each other are. Um, and, uh, uh, shit, I went on a fucking crazy tangent there. Um, what were we talking about? Where was that coming from? <laughs> Monkey JPEGs are bad. <laughs> Monkey JPEGs <laughs> are bad. Oh well, God, you, you crushed that panel at, at BTC Miami. I thought you crushed that panel. Uh, with, I, I guess, I don't know if it was really called the panel, but it was, well, on the live stream. Uh, it was for you sitting there. Um, and nice. I, I just yeah, thought yeah. your argument was, uh, it was just clean cut. It made a lot of sense. Um you know, and then dancing wizards come up. So it's just like uh, you gotta be. Your brain has to burn at some elements. If if you uh, got if your mindset is set where it clearly makes sense. I mean, it's principled. It makes a hell of a lot of sense. And mm -hmm. then you walk into the uh, the fire of uh, 
uh, ordinals uh, that were, you know, that that they they even had their own keynote. So it's just going to be something we're going to be dealing with, you know. Yeah, yeah, and there's so I guess that long crazy thread was about the fact that Bitcoin as money trumps any other potential use case for it. Being being the steward, yes, exactly, and being the steward because. Bitcoin is fundamentally greater than any other utility it can provide because the money is the utility that enables all of the other utilities to actually work. Right. You know, you can't have a market for cars if you don't have money. So if your mar- if your if your utility is to move people around, well, first you have to have a reason to move people around. You have to have an economy. You have to have money. Um, so it's the fundamental utility. Um, and in doing so, if you're putting a burden on the network that stresses the consensus of money, that, that stresses the security or the decentralization, which it doesn't do much. Like, like and, and I wanna make sure I preface this, is that the reason I use the analogy pooping in the park is because you're not gonna be like, oh, let's burn the park down. Like, it's not gonna kill the park, right? You know, it, it is just poop in the park and just kind of like, what the fuck? And you have to go pick it up and throw it away. Yep. Um, but you're making somebody else do that for you. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially the degree it's, it's a mosquito. It's just annoying. And it's, it's frustrating to see somebody being kind of an ass to being a bad steward of something that matters this much. Well, and now, we saw, I'm oh, sorry, oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. I, I just, we, we saw it firsthand with uh, Marseille from the Nasta report. Uh, you know, she went viral because she was in El Salvador and uh, someone took $100 out and paid $20 in fees. Granted, they're not on layer two. I mean, any ATM, sh- it should be on layer two at this point. There should be, it should be uh, expanded. But she's yeah. th- that person ahead of her that paid those fees on the ATM. That's the person that was picking up the poop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> so at the end of the day, this and I, I think I said this on the panel too, is that it doesn't really matter. Um, and the economics are going to eat it alive. Like it's not going to work for any long span of time, but it will probably always be a novelty in the same way that you'll always find somebody on TikTok or whatever, who's doing something stupid and videotaping themselves and just think they're the greatest thing in the world because they did that. Um, like there will always be the Udis of the world who take a shit in the park and then take a selfie with it and be like, look, I pooped and then shares it on social media. Um, and so regardless, it, it will always be with us, but I think it will go through. I mean, I think it has you know gone through that hype cycle and nobody really cares and anything useful being built will just be used with tapered assets or something else. And it's not like my node really had any idea that any of this happened, you know? Like, it's not like, like I went downstairs and my embassy was offline or something like, no, it's fucking, it's been there running the same. It's always run. In fact, I turned my miners back on because the fees were so damn high. Um, and it was hot <laughs> as fuck in my basement. Um, and, uh, you know, I mined for like four days there, uh, cause those, cause those payouts were great. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, uh, it was pretty great for me. Um, but I know there's a lot of people who rely on it and with, and, you know, it's always one of those things that, you know, back to the original, the early thing I said is that it's not until something breaks that we fix it. You know, this is probably lit a fire under the ass of a whole lot of people who weren't on lightning yet. Um, and companies that hadn't integrated yet. 
Um, so, but it also tends to push people toward custodial services, um, especially with the convenience of like LNURL, the, the natural custodial nature of URLs and web servers means that we're kind of back to the old decentralization problem of the internet. Um, and so, it, you know, there's a bunch of different feedback loops there. Um, but uh, ultimately, 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 I think they price themselves out. Anything useful is going to be done with taproot assets or similar. Um, and uh, it will actually be good. There's one, there's one thing that I subjectively think is valuable about having ordinals. And it's that, you know, WikiLeaks document can be stamped into the Bitcoin chain and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, that uh, uh, 3D printed gun uh, uh, models can be stamped in the Bitcoin. It, it can be also used for a political uh, declaration, so to speak, or a let's not let ourselves forget this sort of thing. And I wouldn't really be upset about that. You know, like if it was a, if it was a major thing like that, they got stamped, I'd be like, hmm, okay, I don't, I don't really consider that like a bad thing. I can, I can yeah. accept that subjectively. Well, you didn't need ordinals for that, right? I mean, you could always put You could have done it with arbitrary. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's a caveat that's not a great argument, but it's at least worth mentioning, I feel like. Yeah, so yeah, that but, was that was great. I mean, I, I just thought your synopsis was good. I thought, you know, you just added to it. You kind of tied it. They all kind of tied together. Um, your most recent pods on, on, on the Audible side. Um, I can't help but notice uh, you, you're rocking two episodes now of AI Unchained. Um, are you? Yeah, the, I mean, third one's, the third one's done and I'm working on a fourth one. Um, I've been I've been going hard this week. Um, and, but I can't get my video, my video workflow is still shit. Um, uh, and, uh, I, I keep putting it off. I just go back to Bitcoin audible <laughs> and do a read. Um, when I'm, when I'm frustrated with something, I just tend to go back and get in front of the mic again. Um, back to basics, back to your, back uh, to basics, back to basics. <laughs> no. just don't go back to legal legends. You know what I mean? Nah, fuck that. Nah, I can't do that. I'll probably play some Zelda though. I haven't, I haven't played a video game in a long time, and that new Zelda game is out. That's Diablo nice. Four or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I've been loving AI Unchained and all so. This shit. What made you think about doing that? I'm just kind of getting a, you. You were you were messing with AI. You said, "Wow, this is freaking cool." You know, this is kind of uh, automating a lot of the things I do uh, every day. Um, I mean, you, you, you seem to have a, a better understanding beyond just the mid journey type of AI art type of things that, uh, you know, most, most noobs just jump into. Yeah. So I, uh, and I actually talk about this in, uh, not yes, not today's yesterday's episode. Um, uh, when Bitcoin meets AI, uh, it's actually a piece by Alex Fetsky, uh, who is the second, uh, who's the number two show is, uh, chatting with him. And, um, it's a really great article and I tried to kind of like lay out my perspective on it in the guys take there, but for a uh, short version of it, it's just that AI, the AI tools that I've been using are absolutely a step function uh, productivity improvement. 
like I have been able to when like I'm not interested in talking to a chatbot. Like I don't know why that was the thing that everybody got, kind of got blown away with, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna get my chatbot to write my emails. It's like, what? Fuck, why? Like, and and it's not very good at it. Like, it's like okay, but it's like the definition of just like spew out bullshit for three paragraphs. Um, like, there, they, if you prompt really well, you know, like you can get it to produce some really interesting things. And, you know, maybe if you're looking for something to rhyme or whatever, like that was one of the first things I started using it for was context stuff um, or queries that required context. So I would be like, what the fuck was the name of that, of that like word or phrase that kind of sounds like goober, goober poop or something. And it means this and it'd be able to pull it out. Like, and like it would, it would catch the fact that I was asking for it to kind of emphasis like this or sound like this and even though i had none of the letters right or uh like one of them was uh oklo um which is a nuclear company they do like modular nuclear stuff and i could not remember the name of it and i kept thinking it was like orbu or something and i was like what's the name of that nuclear company it's like it's like orbu maybe or something i think it starts with an o um but it's really simple really short word uh and they make like modular nuclear stuff and he's like i think you're thinking about oklo you know, so there's there's a really clever like language trick you can do that you're adding a new layer on the ability to do like I constantly use it as a thesaurus, you know, like like what's another word that means this? What's a phrase that means this? Because you can't search that shit on the Internet. Um, uh, and uh, and particularly with like writing, reading, pronunciation, like there's just like a bunch of little things like that I do on the Internet that that's super, super handy for. Then I started writing scripts because I had written a few very basic scripts. I'm not a developer at all, but I'm familiar with the terminal. I have a number of apps that I use that are just in the terminal. I navigate my computer. Like I can, I'm, I'm kind of like a step up above like just normal, com like I'm computer literate. Like I feel like I'm, uh, I can read a piece of code or a page of code and kind of get some sort of a feel of what's going on, but I'm never gonna sit down and write a page of code. Because of that, there's a lot of things that I wish and I know that if I spent the incredible amount of time doing, I could make happen on my computer. I could automate on my computer. But I'm not going to take the five day. Like I literally have to learn to code in order to figure out how to do that. Um, or I have to really have to make sense of like digging through GitHub and stealing code, like grabbing chunks of code from other people and making sense of it or translating it. Chat GPT completely changed that. I could, I just like one day, I don't even remember what it was. I think I was like trying to convert an entire folder worth of files to some image format or whatever. And I have a great tool, FFmpeg, uh, that's a terminal tool. And I was doing this shit one by one. And I was like, wait, fuck. I went to Chat GPT and I was like, how could I write an Apple script to call FFmpeg? and go through like an entire folder, separate out all the GIF files instead of the JPEGs, remove the JPEGs, find all the GIFs and convert them to WebP. So that, you know, in my folder is like a tenth of the size of my meme folder. And it was like, here you go. And I like spit out like, you know, eight or nine lines of code. And I put it in and it gave me like a little error. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, what the fuck? And I copied that over and I said, chat GPT. I got this error, what the fuck? <laughs> and I said, oh, my bad, I did it wrong. Here it is again. 
and I pasted it in and fucking worked. Took me like five minutes, saved me an hour's worth of work. And I was like, oh shit. And I just kind of like started running down this hole, this rabbit hole of just like, I'm gonna build a script for fucking everything. And that's what I'm trying to do right now is basically automate like post-production stuff on my podcast. Um, but uh, the one that I've been kind of giddy about and I shared on the show uh, the other day was one that uh, archives, compresses all of my files, all of my uh, project files. Cause I keep running out of space on my computer. Um, like when you're working in media files, like, holy fuck, you can eat up 60 gigs in an hour just doing stupid shit. Um, and, uh, you know, all my audio files, all my uncompressed audio files are, you know, two gigs per episode, um, long episode, three or four. Uh, and, uh, so I'm constantly running out of space. And so I made a script. This one actually took like 45 minutes because there were a bunch of different steps. Um, and I ran into a couple of errors, but again, I'm not a developer and I'm iterating on this code and I can just kind of make sense of like one of the tricks that I've really loved is being like, if I kind of get stuck somewhere, I ask ChatGPT to write a display the output at this stage, like, like at this step. And in fact, at every single step, give me whether it succeeded or failed and then give me exactly the output. And I've been able to pinpoint that there was like an error or the path looked wrong, like the folder path was fucked up for some reason. And then I would take that and be like, Chad GPT, this is why this isn't working. This, I need this to be this folder or something. And it'd be like, oh, that's why this wasn't working. And it spits me on a new result. So it took me like 45 minutes or so, but I got one that uh, goes through my, uh, my project folder and uh, everything everything that I've just, it's just like a week old or it isn't a live project. I now move into just a, a archive folder and it will go through the whole thing. It will uh, convert or it will compress it into a zip file and then move it to my Linux server. Then confirm that the one on my Linux server is, you know, do the, the, the verify of the zip, uh, that the one on the Linux server is equal to the project file in the original folder and then delete the original project and continue through the rest of the folder. And in the last like two days, I've just done it with each one of my shows. And while I'm doing other stuff, while I'm recording, while I'm getting work done, all this stuff, this had, this killed hours of a day, every single time I ran out of hard drive space. Cause I had to fucking manually do this. And now I literally just double click on an Apple script and it runs through the whole thing. And while I'm just doing stuff, I just hear the trash can like, land in every like every like two or three minutes like i i gotta ask i gotta ask when you say unchained i mean really is this breaking the shackles of all the repetitive uh uh stuff you were doing uh you know all these minutia minutia (laughs) is about to get eviscerated like like that is the beauty of this tool but i think it does to development what kind of like youtube did to media is it just opens it up to like like where there were a million developers before now there's like 50 million people that can build code. Um, and it's good enough that, you know, a few iterations of this, like it's really, really going to change things. Um, and it teaches you to code. Like, like when I'm making mistakes or whatever, I can literally ask chat GPT what I'm doing. Now I know it's not efficient code. I know it's not like elegant or like incredibly clever, but here's the thing is that this is going to get way better really quick. Um, and when I say that this is like a step function improvement over productivity is that 
if the Bitcoin community, if the self-hosting community, if the sovereign digital community can utilize these tools before everybody else in the most productive and the most building manner, we can get another huge fucking head start over yep. the old systems. And that was what kicked me over the edge. And I was like, because I saw immediately, you know, Microsoft is going to put this in their suite. They're, they're going to put this in the op operating system. And we're going to have an API to somebody else's AI that literally reads, ev contextually reads and understands everything that is happening on our individual computers. And it's going to integrate with all of our apps and it's going to be a centralized nightmare unless we figure out how to run these things on our own and we build our own alternatives and yep. if we can do that before this catches i i think i think it's one of the most important things that we can take advantage of right now because it's going to enable everything else that we're doing to speed up yeah, for sure guy and if you if you look at enterprise tech which is where I work, I believe the days of the garden variety product manager are over, right? Uh, I mean, the, 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 the set of skills that you're going to need is to be a large language model whisperer, right? Someone who can prompt <laughs> these things. Yeah, there's um, a new, there's actually a new one that just dropped a Falcon. Uh, it's a whole new type of model. Um, I haven't uh, played with it yet, but the I saw someone using the Falcon, the 7 billion parameter Falcon, which is the really small one. Um, and th that's the thing is that you can run these things locally. So that's, that's the whole point of the show, by the way, is self-hosted AI is how do we, how do we get these things running on our computers so that they belong to us so that we're training them on what to do and what to like, I don't want some mm -hmm. quote unquote approved AI that's gonna, you know, tell me what to fucking think or to, you know, tell me not to look up negative information about vaccines or some shit. Like, I just, I just want to, I want to control my experience and I want to control my tools. Um, so self-hosted sovereign AI, I think is one of the most beneficial things that we can do in the short run to help Bitcoin in the long run. Um, and, uh, uh, and Noster too, like, holy crap. Like, I, I want to figure out how to train these things on not like if I could like make little extensions or things just because it's read what Pablo's built and what everybody else is building and you know can make sense of it um it understands the the standard and the documentation dude oh my god like I have so many little ideas like little simple things just like little scripts and stuff on my computer that that we can build with this um so yeah so so self-hosted AI is is the is the goal Indeed, Guy. Uh, so one last question before we end the recorded portion of the show. And this, uh, this is a quick one. Mm -hmm. What was the best article or book or, or chap book chapter that you've read on Bitcoin Audible from your perspective? Dude, that's, you're an asshole. That's the <laughs> worst question. That's the most awfulest question ever. I have no idea. I, I love so many for so many different reasons. Um, and depends on the time of day or when you're asking me. Uh, it's like it's like asking me, like I'm such a, I told you I did film before this. Like I'm like one of the biggest movie buffs ever. Like story has always fascinated me. Um, just the concept of story. Um, and uh, so if you ask me what my favorite movie is, like, like that's evil because 
I have like 50 favorite movies. I'm kind of that way about articles. Um, probably you brought up only the strong survive and I'm a yeah. big Alan Farrington fan. Yeah. Uh, I really love his writing. I love his tone too. Like he, he writes very entertainingly. Um, Bitcoin is Venice. I'm, I'm listening through to get all corrections for Bitcoin is Venice. Such a good mm -hmm. book. Um, well, shit, dude. I don't know. I love all, all the books that I've done. Which one was most well, popular? Which one's the most most listened to? Uh, might not be your choice, um, but what was uh, what was the the biggest episode that you've you've done? Biggest episode. The biggest episode, I think, to this day, is actually still an interview um, that I did with Preston Pish from like a couple of years ago. And I have no idea where that like took a run, but it's like three times my normal listen rate i think um uh and it was odd i mean it was a fun it was a really great episode like we we were like really having a blast um with the show but i don't know why that one caught so well um but another one is definitely check your financial privilege um uh by the alex Gladstein. Gladstein. yeah that one makes oh excuse me no it's that's that's the book um the article is titled uh the village and the strongman actually about el salvador that one does really really well but there's another one that mm -hmm. he did it's the imf and the world bank one i can't remember structural adjustment structural adjustment that mm -hmm. one does really well that one every, every day that one's got new lessons so that one makes it, the rounds could i going back to alan farrington guy who's mm -hmm. apart from being a really good writer he's just an awesome guy to hang out with as well oh yeah uh, if you me. It, there is one article which I, and as as an avid Guy Swan listener, if you don't mind my saying so, I thought you seem to be really getting into uh, was Wittgenstein's money. I think it's chapter oh, four. Man, that Bitcoin. was so good. Yeah, yeah, and I love that analogy. Is the what would it seem like if it did seem like um, a perfect you know, money was monetizing yeah, from a money was monetizing zero. From zero. Um, yeah, because the I mean, like, that's the, the theme of the, the article or whatever is that the semantic theory of money makes no sense um, is that people say Bitcoin isn't money um, because you can't use it at a grocery store or it's not a unit of account and it's volatile and, you know, it's not a widely used medium of exchange. And it's like, OK, well, so how does something become money? Like you're, you, you, the definition you just gave is so useless in any sort of assessment of two monies that exist at the same time, you know, like there's, it, there's absolutely zero qualitative understanding of what a money actually is in that statement. It's only that a thing is money after it becomes money. And it's like, okay, well, that's, that's fucking useless. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, it's the, so flip it around. It's like, okay, if a new money did just come into existence, how, like, what would that look like? What would it possibly look like if something that people didn't understand was a good money? What would those characteristics be? And what would happen as it was being discovered? Um, like, what would that look like? And, you know, it's a whole, I guess, like an hour long, hour and a half or something. Like the chapter in Bitcoin in Venice, I think, is about that long um, of the same title. Uh, but uh, it's that's such a good one. That's a good, good, good suggestion on that one yes that's another one of my favorites <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Guy. I think, uh, look, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, it's You've gone an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, if you don't mind, we'll end the recording. Uh, and would you want to just take a couple of questions from plebs in the audience? No, absolutely not. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> uh,